Anime Pulse, episode 587. Hello and welcome to another episode of Anime Pulse. I am your host, Joseph, joined by my co-host, Andrew Chan, who is sounding much better. Yes, yes, much better. Happy New Year again, everybody. Yes, you finally, you got past that, uh, that uh, what was it, a cold or a flu? Oh, it's a really bad flu. Like, uh, it's, flu. it comes in waves, so you have the sore throat. I'm still coughing a bit. You got the sore throat, you got sore nose, and then you got this friggin' fever that makes you feel really hot and really cold. You ever had that before? Like I've you are in not bed, had then you feel that, freezing. but I have. I have had strep throat before. Like I haven't had any of like the most common ailments. I've never had a cold. I've never had the flu or chicken pox or stuff like that. But I've had right. strep throat. I've had Bell's palsy. Um, I've had kidney failure. And I've Whoa. had so you've had more hardcore, <laughs> hardcore. Ailments, I've had uh, appendicitis, yeah. you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. um, I'm not sure what's worse to go by, like never getting the more <laughs> common stuff regularly. Would, would you mm-hmm. rather have the more common stuff regularly, or would you rather have all the serious stuff just once? I'd rather have the serious stuff because the serious stuff can usually be dealt with like then and there. Like when you have like appendicitis, yeah. you just remove your appendix. When you have yeah. kidney failure, they, you know, they sit you in a hospital and they fix that. Hopefully it's nothing that's terrible. Typically it's something to do with something inside the kidney that's causing it, in which case they just mm-hmm. need to flush your system. Um, oh, okay. Bell's oh, palsy, okay. that's kind of just something that you have to wait out and kind of like quit stressing about. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> And as for, like, what was the other one I said? That was palsy. Ooh. Oh, strep throat. Strep throat, again, is just another thing where you just have to, like, fight it off your own. The other things can last for a lot longer, and they can reoccur a lot more. So I'd oh, rather yeah, have like something that you have, like, once, yeah. and you don't really need to worry about it again. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. i never heard of most of these ones you talked about besides kidney failure, so these are all brand new to me. Bell's palsy is just a kind of like a cold virus that mm-hmm. attaches itself to your nerves and your face. And it yeah. will, when you get stressed out too much, and the younger you get it, the more often you'll get it, it makes you lose control of your facial muscles. So kind of half of your oh. face will just droop. You won't have any control over it. The worst part about it is that you can't blink with one of your eyes. So you'll need to Uh-oh. forcefully close your eye and put oh, eye drops sh- in it so your eye doesn't dry out. Whoa. Yeah, because if you if it gets really bad, your eye can actually dry out and start um, going through necrosis. Oh Oh, no! Oh wow! Never heard of this. Not not great. Um, Yeah, I didn't know it does that to your eyes. That's that's pretty serious sounding, actually. Yeah, in strep throat, if anyone hasn't had that, it is it is painful to do anything. It's painful to breathe, painful to talk, painful to cough, painful to. Anything with your throat, it just hurts. It's painful to swallow, um, and it is very contagious. So you typically um, don't like, you know, coughing on people like that. You can give them strep throat. At least that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. So you typically stay home with that. <clears throat> yeah, I see. Or I see. maybe it's not strep throat. It's mono that's contagious. Because I know they both oh. have similar similar things that happen to them where your, your throat is extremely messed up not very good oh, yeah definitely this is not a break from podcasting as well this is medical pulse now Literal yeah it's medical pulse, pulse. <laughs> now let's get our yeah. uh, our mascot nurse 
Uh, Nurse Polson here. Pulse Nurse. Did she ever have a name? Did she did, did she have a name? I bet Will Tall does know her name. I bet he did make a name for her. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know <clears throat> if he's ever told anyone. Yeah. So he probably has a name for her, but I don't know if it's even that great. Otherwise, we right. probably just have to. If we do like do a redesign of her, she probably gets a new name. <clears throat> right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. No. Anywho, right. uh, We should probably yep. uh, talk about what's been going on with our weeks, right? Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. <clears throat> so, how have you been? How's your first week of the year been? So my first week of my year has actually been pretty satisfying. Um, I'm done with, uh, as I may have told you, I have finally finished up Overwatch. I uh-huh. am done playing Overwatch. I have uninstalled it, and it is off of my Xbox One now, which mm-hmm. has allowed me to get some stuff done. I have returned back to Persona 4. In fact, I actually finished up <laughs> what is considered the hardest boss in the game, uh, the fight uh-huh. against uh, Kanji, or Kanji's oh, Shadow Kanji. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Kanji's pretty tricky. Yeah, uh, Those fucking... two macho men buffing him up all the time. It's one of the tougher ones. God, the nice guy and the tough guy. Like, fuck that battle. I had to waste two of my revival gems on that stupid fucking mm. fight. Because of that yeah. that dumbass, like, one nice guy's healing up Kanji all the time. Kanji himself mm-hmm. has this uh, has this range of different attacks. Like, he can inflict fear upon, or not fear, rage upon your girls so they don't heal. And then yep. he can inflict poison upon your males so they, you know, you have to cure that up. Otherwise, they take 25 points of damage every single turn. Fuck, man. Yep. It's really, it's really stressful fight. Although, uh, although it's less redundant, it's more redundant now that you've actually already beaten it. But one strategy I used to go by was I used to bring Mulesuke along, and I had him always debuffing them because he has like a move that debuffs. That, that uh, was a, that's what I was basically doing. So what yeah. I did was I trapped the nice guy into buffing. Um, yes. Shadow. If you Kanji. debuff them, then it makes it locks him into just buffing them up. So yeah, because all he does is just keeps trying to buff Shadow Kanji over and over again. Yeah. And then I would just use the other, I would use um, uh, Chie to try to, you know, always use Bufu on the tough guy. Uh Uh-huh. Because she can use ice against him to take him out. Because he's weak against, or he's not weak against ice, but you can use ice against him. He won't absorb it. And then I would use, um, I'd use my, you know, main character would just be using, uh, he had Ku Sith on, so I was just using Wind against all of them. Right. And then mm-hmm. uh, for, what's the last chick's name? Uh, Chie? No, Chie is the... Yukiko? The, yeah, Yukiko, thank you. Uh, Yukiko, I was having her going between healing everyone, because uh-huh. that's what she's good at, and also... Uh, using the fire move like she has the the mid-tier single level fire Agodin, move Agodine. i can't i can't remember the names that they go with it's something like that yeah. but i was using yeah. that against uh shadow shadow kanji and uh <laughs> oh boy shadow kanji is quite the character yeah he is isn't he yep but um 
Must have been really good. Must have felt really good when you finally did beat him, though, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did. <coughs> and no, so that's uh, the rampant... latest thing you've done with it. Yeah, uh, rampant. Yeah. Uh, just asked whether or not it was over the Ellie controversy uh, in Overwatch. No, it's actually not. It's um, what happened was I went through a three-day loss cycle where I lost basically somewhere in the range of like five to 15 matches a day without any wins and i kind of just told myself if i lose again after this next match i'm done and i lost and i was like all right overwatch has been fun i've gotten more than enough gamer score from you you're a great first person shooter but goddamn, do you have a toxic fan base and problems Hmm. sometimes so i think we're i'm good done playing you yeah, I've Which heard is, really bad things about their fan base, but I don't really know any specific incidents or anything. I mean, there's worse fan bases out there, definitely. Um, the worst thing I've heard of, well, the worst fan base I've heard of is apparently the Steven Universe one, but I don't know anything about what they've done either. I'd say the Kingdom Hearts Universe fanboys are pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, uh-huh. But I think like some of the worst definitely come from like Super Smash Brothers. Oh my god, Smash Brothers. Like, have really? you seen some of like the disrespect that goes on during those tournaments? Woof. Oh well, to be honest, like if you're in the fighting game community in general, like fighting game f- fans and stuff, like they they can be insufferable no matter which fighting game you're into. They get so broish and so, yeah. I I know what kind of behavior you're talking about though. Yeah. Yeah. Just like blatantly breaking the rules, or like the you know they go in for mm-hmm. like the handshake afterwards, and the guy just like turns around and leaves. Oof. Yeah, it never, it's it's like, you know, like, there's a special place in my heart for people who can win but are also respectful, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a video game you're all playing and you all enjoy, so yeah, I, I get I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, aside from that, so I returned it for per- Persona 4. Um, uh-huh. I, even though I don't play it, um, because I've actually beat it, or I've beaten Fate Grand Order, because Fate Grand Order's... Um, campaign the main campaign is done so the whole fight against the king of mages the demon pillars it's done there are more events coming um more danger beasts that'll be introduced but for the most part the game is finished i mean the credits roll you listen to the end song i'll be doing a review on it at some point which had very surprised that actually even has an ending Yeah, yeah i mean when you think about it fire emblem heroes started after Fake Grand Order and Fake Grand Order is still going with just like you know extra content. While Fire Emblem yeah. Heroes main campaign is still going. Yeah, they just they just add another. But I thought that's pretty much what they were gonna do with Fate. Is that you know when it when that story you just did finishes, they'll just add another chapter, add another chapter until it'll never stop. It sort of thing. probably is gonna have like another big bad guy who will show up at some point, like yeah. maybe another campaign. But for now, like the main campaign that was against the King of Mages is done. In fact, I think in Japan you can actually, uh, you can actually summon the King of Mages. So ah, you can recruit him as a character now. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, summon yeah. Solomon. So it's pretty gotcha. amusing. Solomon? Um, yeah, like, Solomon. Lord of the Rings. Oh, right, Solomon. Right? No, like, Solomon, Sa- like the not Saruman. <laughs> David's uh, King David's mm-hmm. son. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Some Bible guy, Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he have like a book? Isn't there like a book of Solomon or something? Yep, I'm not right. really up to date on my religious lore, my religious cinematic universe stuff. But I have been not really playing it, but I did log into Fire Emblem Heroes again for the New Year's event. 
Is there a catcher you have your eye on? Oh, yes, and I obtained her. Oh. I used one of the golden tickets, and during that summoning, I got two golden characters. I got the New Year's Gunthra. Ah, you want Gunthra. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. I got, I like got her that, too. That New Year's uh, like skin for her is definitely way better than her, her standard outfit. Yeah, like her, her usually. Outfit. Yeah. Okay. Also, she's yeah. like, you know, she has like an ice sword, which typically when you have the uh, like the mm-hmm. event characters, they are they always have like joke weapons. Yeah. Usually. But hers actually looks like it's, you know, usable. It's like an ice sword. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, very, during, yeah. and during that summoning, I also was able to get uh, my hands on Sylvia. Sylvia, she's the uh, wandering dancer character. She's got the green hair. She's got like the dancer's outfit on with like the ah, flowing. Ah, right, right, right. Yes, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You like her? I do like her. Uh, of course, I leveled them up because I have the gems to do so, and then I just kind of you know logged out. <clears throat> that was the thing yeah. I did. Um. Yeah. I also started reading a new manga that I saw on Amazon, which, amusingly enough, Amazon and Manga Pulse are my places to go now to like get good recommendations for for manga. And mm-hmm. I've now begun reading Riso no Himo uh, Sekatsu, which is uh-huh. this. Uh, basically, it's like Japanese salaryman just going to work one day, gets summoned to another world. The beautiful queen there is like, "Hey, I kind of just want you to be my husband." And all you have to do is just, you know, lay around, not do anything. And, of course, wow. he's like this Japanese salary man. So he's like, something's up with this. You're offering me a lot for nothing. And so he knows something's fishy about it. But he's like beautiful, you know, exotic, tanned queen offering me unlimited amount of sex with her. And like this, you know, life of luxury and just laying around. Or Japanese salary man life. Hmm. What to choose? What to choose? I'm going to go with the fucking the queen. And he does. And he it's does. So... And he mm. does end up sleeping with her many times. Which it's great because they definitely show up where he's just like, you know, he's a little hesitant at first. But, you know, he's a man. So he's not like some bitch ass pussies and all those rom-coms out there that are just like, oh, little girls. He's, he's more like. Okay, you know he's a little awkward about it at first because he's like, like oh I'm a I'm a virgin that you know, I definitely want to do my best and you know he buys like outfits for her and stuff. Uh, rampant yeah. it is um, Riso R A S O U, no, Himo H I M O Seikatsu S E I K A T S U. I think there's an English title to it like my life of laying around or something or an ideal lazy life life of laying around i think it's like i an ideal lazy life an ideal lazy life yep let's see let's have a look usually i'd have a look at the art style oh okay i see yeah wow so yeah she does look tanned Uh uh-huh who's so this is the other world's god or something or goddess or queen? No, she's just the queen. Like she's the queen okay. of another land, and right. I guess she wants to marry him because, as she's explained it, she says that there was used to be a prince who was way back, like one of my ancestors, 
and he mm-hmm. fell in love with this girl. Some say she was a servant. Some say she was just this other land's queen. And they left. And you are their heir. And he's like, well, I mean, if they're mm-hmm. like my great, 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 great something or another, clearly the bloodline is not that strong anymore. And she's like, oh, well, maybe it's not that strong, but you still got plenty of magic pumping through you, buddy. Like, I can feel it from here. Doesn't seem to get updated very often. Like, the last two updates were have a year apart. Like, the last update was in August 2018. At least in terms of online available chapters. Yeah, yeah. So So it's a mm. bit of a slow runner, but, like, it it caught my attention. It seems like it could be something newer that hasn't been running for very long. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. Anything else? And I think that about does it, except for the fact that this is kind of a three-day weekend for me. Uh, tomorrow yeah. I have off from work, or I'm just taking off from work because uh, two reasons. One, I have a dentist appointment. Main reason, I will have to get up early in the morning to get over to the dentist for a cleaning. And I could technically go back to work, but my operations supervisor will not be in work for the next few days, which leaves me as kind of like the default de facto one to I'm not the team lead yet but Chris kind of like looks at me as the team lead because I'm the one who can get the most shit done in my team at the office so mm-hmm. you know he was even worried about when I told him that I wasn't coming into work on Monday so he was like you really just let me know if you're really not coming in I was like I'm really not coming in that day I gotta do this dentist appointment he's like okay because when mm-hmm. I come in on Tuesday, it's going to be a bit of catching up to do, but uh, I'm hoping Tweedledee and Tweedledum don't fuck things up for me while I'm gone. Because they could like do a bunch of scheduling of home delivery products that I schedule and just really mess up the schedule. Or mess yeah. up like the routing of stuff. Because I've been trying to pay attention to that because we don't want to inundate ourselves with too many assembly orders on one specific day or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that does it for my little piece of news there. My my week and my week to come. How about, Next uh, chapter how about you? in the life story of the ongoing epic that is Joseph's life. Indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, well, mine's had a huge chapter recently. Speaking of which, first off, I recovered from my illness around the same time as I came back to London. So I'm now finally back in London again after the, the holidays. And you know how I, uh, I think I reported I already failed an exam just before I came back for the holidays last week. So I kind of, uh, I feel I bombed at something I needed to pass. Uh, I did, I had resets this week on Thursday and I've passed. So I passed the developer exam I had to do, so... I got another qualification that I need to moving forward with my job. So big step for me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, oh man, the feeling was so good going out from it because, um, you know, last time I failed by just one mark. So it was especially frustrating. This time I comfortably passed by about, you know, an extra like 5% or so. So I'm pretty nice. happy with that. I'm pretty good with that. So, yes, now I got that, and now I have time to enjoy the the fruits of my labor, which is just being able to finally have some time to play some of my Nintendo Switch and play some Smash. We also recently bought um another copy of Let's Go, uh, of no not another copy, just a copy of uh Let's Go. Is it? I think it's called Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. 
There was like I two think there are two versions. Out. Yeah, there's <clears throat> yeah. Go Eevee and Go Pikachu. Yeah. So we've also got a copy of Let's Go Eevee. I haven't tried it yet. I'm still been playing Smash most of the time. Thank you, Vit Rampant, for the congratulations. Um, I haven't played it yet, but uh, my sister has, and she says it's really good so far. It basically it seems it's... to be like a remake of Pokemon Red. It is, and, and it's also very much like a baby's game now, where you don't fight, oh. you don't fight um, wild Pokemon. Uh, oh, for no? one, wild Pokemon are found in the grass, but you can choose to fight them if you want to or not. Because what you'll do is you'll see them on the in the grass fields now. So like you'll see the Pidgey flying around, and you can right. like run into it and start the random encounter. What it does though <clears throat> is it plays the Pokemon Go kind of battles when you do like wild Pokemon. So if you run into one, all you're doing is you're just like throwing Pokeballs at it. Oh, okay, right. That's, did, that's I do basically... remember reading something about Pokemon Go in response in comparison yeah. to this game. I heard something about that. So that's okay. and that's how you level up your Pokemon is just by catching more and more Pokemon, and then you can send them to the professor, who will then grind them down and turn them into <laughs> really into, into candy into research. Yeah, into candy. Um, oh wow! <laughs> uh, but the only battles there are are against trainers and against okay. like legendary creatures so if like you run into the legendary you actually have to fight it first defeat it and then you can throw pokeballs at it right that's very pokemon go-ish actually because yeah yep. you always have to battle legendaries for sure mm-hmm. before you catch them and go all right okay I'll, I'll see when i get around to playing it um the other thing though to do with the switch is that you know how like it comes to these two controllers on the side those joy cons yeah the joy cons yeah those are like gold dust right now because we went to like shopping centers online other like retail parks looking for two additional joy cons because you know when you buy a switch you get like two joy cons with it and then you want to get two more so you can have up to four players on like you know mario party smash Bros, mario kart etc you know so mm-hmm. you can have you know all you need is four um for some reason we're having a hard time finding them in any store we're gonna have to order them in we went by game curry's pc worlds john lewis all these different stores and we've been looking for two days, and we have not been able to find the Joy-Cons anywhere. Places that have you Joy-Con, like, get tags. the Pro Controller. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to get the Pro Controller for personal reasons, so I can play Smash Bros. online. But, like, you know, we're, we're wanting to buy a set of two more just for things like... You don't, you don't really need a Pro Controller for things like Mario Party, for instance, when you have guests over, you know? True. You just kind of need an analog stick and four buttons. So, yeah, I will, I will definitely be getting a Pro Controller. Or I'm considering the attachment that lets you plug in a GameCube controller. Um, but first priority is the Joy-Cons first. Just so we have a set of four and then we can move on to getting the, the stuff I want to get. Which, yeah, I do definitely want a pro one uh, for Smash Brothers. And eventually when I get Mario Odyssey, I guess. Um, it, is, it is annoying how, like, you know, the console itself, you know, it, it's the cheapest of the free consoles to get, I think, than the Xbox One and the PS4. But, you know, you have to get all these add-ons and stuff based on what you need. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. that's the little thing that comes with it. There's, like, a, the Joy-Con's attached to the screen. But then there's a, there's, a, there's a, this middle attachment that you can also attach the two Joy-Cons to to make it into, like, almost like a normal controller. You know what I mean? It's like a <laughs> yeah. docking middle. I know yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah. It's, yeah. You have to buy, and when you buy two more Joy-Cons, you don't get another one of those. You actually have to pay another £25 if you want another one of those middle docking things. Mm-hmm. One of those handles. That's how Nintendo gets you. Yeah, so it's all these add-ons that I need to get based on what I want to get. I also want the GameCube controller add-on, but I also want a Pro controller. The only way you can kind of justify it in your mind, right, 
Because if you think about it, an Xbox controller or a PS4 controller, you're going to spend between 40 to 50 quid on one of those, 40 to 50 pounds. A Joy-Con controller, a set of Joy-Cons cost, I think it was like 70 pounds. Ooh. Which is more expensive than both of them. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, you're kind of getting two controllers. I mean, they're small, but your two Joy-Cons kind of can be two extra players. So you're kind of getting two controllers, but they're not as good as like one big controller. You know what I mean? Each, individually, they're not as good, but it is technically two controllers. So that's how you can justify it in your head. Like an incomplete mm-hmm. controller too, because if you got big hands... It's oh, like yeah. you need you need that thing to throw them on and like turn it yeah. into a regular controller size thing because otherwise it's, it's like you're, you you need baby hands to play the game. It's true. I mean, like I said, for things for things like Mario Party, like small things, maybe even like Mario Kart, it's not a big deal. But for things like Smash Brothers, yeah, you want to have a proper, you want to hold something that's proper in your hands. You know, the analog stick on these Joy Cons is just not big enough to really get that feel for a fighting game or something that's like a proper intense game. So, yeah, yeah, like you said, that's where you get there. That's where they get you with the buying stuff. But luckily, my library's not big enough as it is. I'm a little sad that you can't just use a regular Wii remote plus, like, a classic controller from that. Because that, that was a good enough controller to play. But, you know, eventually you have to move on. I mean, the last console, the Wii U, was also able to use, you know, regular Nintendo Wii controllers. So, yeah. But luckily, I didn't buy too many Pro controllers for the previous console, so I saved some money. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm enjoying the Switch, though, overall now with the with the Smash Brothers game. It's very addictive, so. And I also did do a bit of Fire Emblem Heroes, like you, to update to that. I also got Gunfra. Nice. So that was lucky. Um, I also drew um, a Brave Ephraim on the same day I had my exam. So I'm saying that that was kind of my lucky charm. Because oh. on the day where I failed the exam, I did a draw. And I only got three and four star characters, right? Mm-hmm. And then the day I did my exam, I drew a five-star character. So that, to me, feels like that was an omen. Also, like, the day before, I drew Gunfra, and she says, may all your dreams and wishes come true or something. And I'm like, yes, oh. may, my, may I pass my exam? And it, it, she spurred me on, and I passed. So I, that's my headcanon for this, is that Gunfra and uh, Ephraim compelled me to pass my exam. Careful, you're going to be some... pulled into another world. <laughs> rolled into the fire on the wall. You know, that's actually not too bad if you get to be the hooded guy, you know, like in, in all the cutscenes and stuff, there's like a hooded main character person. So I guess that's everyone just wants you. No one really wants to kill you. It's just like even you uh, Hilda. The villains even. What's that? Yeah, even Hilda was like, originally she was like, I'm going to summon you to be mine. Right? Oh, Hildebert? right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, Veronica, I mean, right? Veronica? Wait, oh yeah, Veronica. Well, the, I yeah, was thinking yeah, of a different character, but in any case, like, right. like all the characters, like they were, they almost like respect you, and like they just yeah, want to kill do. the other characters. It's like they have you're, nothing you're, against you. You get drawn in, and you're pretty much like the Persona Four protagonist. You can befriend anybody and get your social link up to ten. Everybody <laughs> trusts you, and you build bonds. You're also everyone's therapist for some reason. But yeah. Yep. It works. It works like that. So I, yeah, I I totally. If it was to be drawn into an isekai world, the Fire Emblem one would be fine. I suppose it works quite well. Um, <laughs> um, I I did I did think eventually what they're gonna do. This is just a prediction. Is there eventually gonna let you customize and actually use your avatar character? I can totally see them letting you do that eventually. At the moment, you can't. But he seems to have he or she seems to have like this gun weapon in the cutscenes. Yeah. So. I can see them adding an update. Yeah. So, 
I I eventually see them allowing you to like customize your customize your avatar the same way they, that you do in Fire Emblem Awakening, and you'll be able to make your own custom guy in in um, heroes. But that's just a prediction I have. It, it didn't happen last year when I thought it was, but maybe it will happen this year. Uh, but yeah. Apart from that, I'm wrapped. I'm prattling on. I think that's pretty much all my week has to offer. I passed an exam, so whoop whoop whoop. But uh, yeah, going forward, there's still more exciting stuff to do. So. Now that we're into that, I can go to the community stuff. We have no comments for the last episode that was posted because it's still fairly recent, I think. Uh, but we do have a post on the second most recent forum topic. That being the very best anime 2018. So this one comes in from Death God, who says, I haven't got a chance to get uh, yet to give most of these a look. Tatino Yusha no Nariagari is going to be up there. The pre-released episode has held up to the manga so far. Looks to be a movie-heavy winter season as most of the others don't look like they would interest me. Though I'll give them a go for that rare show that I can stumble upon. Now for twenty fall 2018 he says, Goblin Slayer. Great from the beginning to the end of the first season. Likeable characters and fights feel like they have risk to them unlike some other shows with, that are similar nowadays with a few exceptions. The main character does seem like he would die if not for his comrades or if he lacked preparation. We'll have to see how this does come season 2. Then he's got Tensei Shitara Slime Data Ken. That time I got reincarnated as a slime. An isekai actually done right and doesn't take itself too seriously. We'll have to see if this continues or if it falls off the cliff like other shows in this genre. SSSSS Gridman. Nice remake of an older show and it is more enjoyable with that super robot feel. I had no idea that this was a remake. That's interesting. He says Radiant which feels like this show could take off if it got popular. I've seen about 8 episodes at this point and it reminds me of a bit of the 90s era of anime. Has that French feel due to the comic originating from there. So yeah, there's Radiant. Uh, and then Golden Kamui. He says, I'm a big fan of the manga and the show. It's still going strong season 2. The mix of Japan's native culture and the uh, modern clashing gives it a unique feel. He then lists Spring 2018 Megalo Box. Uh, show made to celebrate the Ashton Joe anniversary. Underdog feel to the show, which fit most boxing shows. Set in the future where boxing without an assist for of machinery is considered suicide and our main character is up to the task. Had a great gritty feel to it. Great boxing anime with some of the usual stuff thrown in. And then lastly, uh, winter and summer 2018. Kind of light on shows I would tune into, but enjoyed a few here and there. No real standouts though. Oh, okay. May be a bit late for the show, but Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you very much, uh, Def God. So those are his entries for the top anime of 2018. And that brings us around to this week's uh, topic, which I think we're going to leave it to really bake for another week. I don't think it is, there's any inputs on it at the moment. But what it is about is about waffles and pancakes, whether you prefer one or the other. Uh, as well as aspirations and dreams you have in terms of like maybe anime perhaps this show going forward, this network, because there are going to be some changes perhaps coming soon to the network, to the website and stuff. And I just wanted to sort of crowdfund because the community is a big part of it. Anything you guys would like to see going forward. It could be something as small as anime you want us to cover to something more drastic. You know, just tell us all. Um, although that doesn't stop me and Joseph from maybe talking a few Talking about a few things maybe we want to do, like or may want coming forward. Like, what are your what are your dreams going forward? Twenty twenty nineteen to do with anime pulse, Joseph. 
Well, <clears throat> there are dreams, and then there are, like, goals. Uh, okay. Because my dream was originally when Welltall had announced that the show could be something that could turn into, like, an actual paying job, that it could be, like, almost like the startup of what uh, Rooster Teeth was, and that Anime Pulse could eventually have its own office, where we could, like, uh-huh. re- you know, do all the anime reviewing and all, like, the manga reviewing and stuff like that. And it could be tax write-offs, and it could be that kind of things. Um, so I was hoping for that, or at least dreaming uh-huh. of that. That was my dream that's, job. That's, was the, to, uh, yeah, that's more of like a dream, especially from the emails. That seems like a bit of a pipe dream at the moment, but we can, we can still, you know, dreaming's free. So. Yeah. yeah. But as for goals, um, yeah. for the new year, I would definitely like to see, uh, from, at least from like the store. I'd like to see us, like, uh, rebrand the store to, like, get rid of all the merchandise that's not selling um, and refill it with some new stuff. Just some ideas out there, like uh, maybe, like, a beanie or snapback that has just the Anime Pulse logo on it, nothing else on it, just very simple. Um, Shirts, we already got plenty of those, but we could do some new redesigns on. Uh, Uh We could go for hoodies, zip up or just, like, pull on hoodies. Uh, And then for other merch we could introduce, we could have buttons, lanyards, uh, posters, mugs, water bottles, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I do like things like mugs, because I I like merchandise I can actually use. Yes, yes, and very much so. Uh, (laughs) And I also suggested we have a redesign of our mascot, for those of you who don't know, because she's no longer (laughs) as featured on the main page of the site anymore. Or anywhere, really. Yeah. Anime Pulse does have a mascot. It had one when Ichigo was around, who was actually a dog. Um, but that dog is gone, and there is no longer a mascot, per se. But then Welltall introduced one, uh, who was this uh, nurse. The mm. pulse of anime nurse, because she's able to check her pulse, huh? Get it? Oh, um, not... Holy shit, I can't believe it took till right now to actually get that. I did not know yeah. why it was a nurse. Oh, that's, that's why, why it's a nurse. Um, oh. Yeah, because she, she has the finger, her finger on the pulse <laughs> uh, of anime. Oh, uh, uh, now I get it. It's a pun. Damn. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've suggested a redesign of her. She has a very 80s kind of design. At least all my artists' friends have if said the same thing. we need to get her with the time, she needs to be more moe now. Yeah, she needs to be more moe. She has a lot of hard edges to her. Very rough design. Um mm-hmm. She could be Moe, or she could even just be more of, like, a mature-looking character. Um, more Bible Black. She needs... Yeah, she needs to, like, definitely ditch the pink and the yellow colors that she's got on her. Um, oh. Or, you know, she could have, a, you know, long black... I suggested, like, one of her redesigns could be... Go with the Anime Pulse logo, white and black, so, like, she has the white nurse's outfit, but then give her, like, long, dark black hair that she could have, like, tied up um, she could mm. be having more of like a a coup d'etat kind of like look to her, very more like a deadpan instead of like that guitar kind of look to her, mm-hmm. yeah. which uh, she currently has. I like those sweaters. You know those sweaters that kind of like those those thick jumpers that can double as kind of like a dress. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Could play around. Yeah, she could have different designs maybe. to her. Um, but yeah. if we were to stick with her nurse's design, because you know she has the finger on the pulse of anime thing, then she should oh, we have. Could keep the nurse thing, yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. 
Yeah, she needs a box standard design right now, something that is that we can just use, something to attract the uh, fans out there who love to just find new mascots that are attractive and you know throw them in some random doge and you'll never see. And then you do find and you're like, uh oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to read this. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So that's those are good ideas going forward. I'd say. I think it's a good start in terms of branding. So a lot of it's branding based as well, just kind of getting the name out there, basically. Yeah, rebranding and also fixing our merch because I don't think right now that our store does very well. I didn't... <laughs> the thing is, like, if you didn't mention it, I would have forgotten this thing exists. We actually have a shop. That's crazy. A lot yeah. of things I didn't yeah, I, I've also okay. suggested we rechange <coughs> change the name of the tab from mm. shop to store because oh, yes, shop just yes. sounds... It sounds a bit more general, and it sounds like it might be leading you someplace like to an Amazon. Right, but, uh, right. Because when you crap, think of it, everyone just calls it a merch store. store. Until now, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's not there's not things like those beanie hats that like you're talking about or hoodies. So yeah, that makes sense. Oh, by the way, this just in, and this is a benefit for if you actually are, do choose to listen to these shows live and post in the live chat. Muna Burt has just posted in four anime that would top count as his top uh, twenty eighteen anime. I do not recognize the one in the middle one on the right, but I do know that the one in the left is the place further than the universe, which is Moe Antarctic. Then there's Yuru Camp. Very good choice, my good man. And in the bottom right is the Bunny Girl Senpai one. Yeah, Bunny Girl Senpai. Uh, if somebody could name the one that's in the middle right, then I'll, I'll, I'll name that one too. But uh, yeah, so that's his top four anime of 2018. Just wanted to introduce I recognize the, like, the guy... Like oh, the, the robot thing in the back. I just can't remember the yeah. name of the anime. So if, yeah, if somebody could point out what that anime is, I'll just quickly shout out when it, when they do. But I cannot recognize what that middle show is. But I can see the other four. I, I know what the other three are. Um, yeah. Um, my wish going forward, uh, I've, I sent it back in the email as well. Generally, it's to do with community stuff. I do want to see like communication improve overall. And I think the emails that we've been getting uh, between the hosts is a good start towards that. I'd like to see us all like in a hub and kind of like chatting with each other and getting things. You know, I think moving forward, if we want to make these changes of branding and changes to the show in general going forward, I think communication is key, especially in the age of the internet and stuff. So yeah, ideally, I'd like us all using things like Discord and I'd, ideally, <laughs> it'd be nice if everybody was on the same Discord as a personal wish of mine, you know. Uh, I have uh, sent out further emails to the other hosts who have expressed interest. Um... So hopefully I'll see them around here at some point. I've made permalinks just for the other hosts as well. So there's 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 my little personal wish going forward, I suppose. On top of just you know, hopefully we'd be able to build if we build the brand enough by and get our names out there. People have mentioned things at conventions, um, having a convention presence. I'd also like to have a bit more like of a like chat with people who are involved with the industry as well. So like you know how I attend Scotland Loves Anime every year. It would be nice if I could almost like get interviews and like you know input from actual like anime film festivals as well, and so somehow weave that into our brand. But you know, those are like pipe dreams for those are the, those are the long term dreams. The close range dreams for me is to do with the community, and just about growing that and keeping that prosperous. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Ooh, here's to twenty nineteen. Yes, twenty nineteen. Clink of invisible. Uh, glasses Waffles. here. Glasses, yes. Glasses are more. Come by. Uh, I know. I got. I got two things here. There you go. There Travels we go. Joseph there. 
We yes, reached through the we... screens. <laughs> <laughs> that was my screen. It just went. It's all cracked now. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Uh, shall we... Uh, shall we get into our industry news then? Yep, newsies. Okay, well, I'll get us started here with, a, unfortunately, a disappointing start for virtual YouTubers for the 2019 year. Um, if you didn't know, uh, Kizuna Ai, uh, the, of course, most popular virtual YouTuber out there right now, has uh, been getting her fingers in a lot of different things, uh, voice acting, television, merchandise, and singing. Uh, recently, she's actually released a couple uh, single hits uh, in Tokyo and one in Osaka, and uh, she was actually set to uh, set to be debuting another hit, as it were, during a uh, during a event called uh, Count Zero Super Live 2018 to 2019. Uh, the event was marketed as the concert for virtual YouTuber fans with a lineup that included popular personalities like Yuni. Uh, Kashiko Mari, AZKI, and Virtual Gorilla, but it was plagued with technical problems. The event mm. didn't take place at a venue proper, was, but was instead a ticketed virtual event, uh, something that Blizzard does a lot of. Um, right. The event began at 8 p.m. on December the 31st and would run into the new year. Ver- ver- viewers paid around 54 bucks or 5,800 and 90 yen to watch on the VR Spark mm. while YouTube streamed the content for free. Sadly, Ooh. the virtual idols never actually showed up. Approximately oh. 20 minutes before the event began, <coughs> staff announced that it had been canceled due to technical problems. Uh, no. But that, you know, wasn't the start of it. You know, there was a uh, there was a uh, another party that was supposed to be held after the event but they were also out of luck for that as well uh the new year's eve party uh which some fans spent as much as seventy thousand yen or 640 dollars to get into which included the vive hardware and entry fee combo uh were also out of luck as it did not occur the vr spark twitter account apologized and promised to contact customers about refunds and the web production company, Kayak, sponsoring the event, also posted an apology to both viewers and performers. Hmm. So, yeah. That's, yeah, well, not, uh, does get not a great start for mm. virtual YouTubers out there for the year of 2019. And who knows, this may, this may put a bit of a damper on whether or not virtual YouTubers will see much popularity in the year of 2019. It does hurt the momentum quite a bit, actually, yeah. Yeah, because they, they started gaining a lot of momentum in 2018, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it may have sputtered out. At least this definitely caused them to stumble into the new year. Right, yeah. And with, with so many popping in now, there's like a saturation... Co- I, I predict a saturation coming in, similar to like how, you know when Let's Play first became popular? And then suddenly everyone wanted to do like yeah, like game, everyone was doing game. let's yeah. plays like let's play this, yeah. let's play that, so and then I there feel was like, like let's play get very reactions. Pretty soon as well with like virtual YouTubers too. I can see that happening. 
I think it's already happened. Like, Kizuna it's, Ai was, like, the virtual YouTuber anyone or who was anyone was like, oh, yeah, virtual YouTuber, Kizuna Ai. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, virtual yeah. YouTuber and it's, like, all of a sudden there's, like, like 500 other virtual YouTubers out there because they all think they can get in on it because there's so there's such a small market but it's becoming so saturated with just these no names who are like all doing the same thing yep so, same face scan like live capture technology stuff same sort of yep. playing video games and then eventually the regular original one Kizuna Ai the OG popular one will become like controversial because she'll make an edgy joke and then the Huffington Post will write an article about her labeling her uh, <laughs> a Nazi and then suddenly she'll be going against T-Series and the bid to be the top virtual YouTuber and it will happen anyways <laughs> uh, is, that, is that about it? <coughs> yeah that's uh, that is it for that news article I only got one this week I I also only have one piece of news stole that from you. I only have one piece of news this week, and it's kind of barely news, really, but it's kind of cool because it's acknowledgement that anime brands can also be used to sell all sorts of things, whether it be you know holiday brochures and holiday services like to to Canada, or in this case, in which in when uh, which case we advertise an advertising job search website. Sorry, an, uh, just a job search website. It's an advertisement. Where they've got live actors to cosplay as the main One Piece characters. Uh, minus Nico Robin for some reason. I think she deserves to be there too. Though, um, and uh, yeah, it's basically them just standing there singing and they're all cosplaying. It's a bunch of just a Japanese cast. To be honest, it's quite a faithful set of cosplaying, I've got to say. I mean, you know, it's a bit as ridiculous as like Usopp's sausage nose, as you pointed, comes across in the ad. The outfits and everything are pretty spot on and they actually got. Is that did you did you find out if that was a real reindeer or not or chopper? Um, it looked like it could be a real reindeer. Um, yeah, the, some of their reindeers, like the male reindeers at least, do look like they get rather large. It's huge. Or it's that um, massive. It, it might yeah. not be uh, an, a reindeer, but it may uh, have been uh, another type like of like moose. an elk or something like that. Yeah, it's, to me, it's like a moose of some sort that they've just managed to give it the motif like uh, rampant's convinced that it's cgi um but yeah anyway they're singing it there they're was it singing i didn't see its mouth move oh sorry not that not the not the um not the reindeer the rest of them are singing a song in the advert and at the very end the the reindeer makes a noise chopper oh, makes okay. a noise yeah 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 and yeah so i don't know what the song or even one piece characters have to do with finding a job this might be a good taster for those of you who are looking forward to hollywood's live action tv drama version of one piece that they're that's pending i really i'm excited to see how that turns out <laughs> especially if it's held by netflix <laughs> but uh yeah no it's uh, no, there's not really much to say about it besides that it's just kind of a neat advert go ahead and check it out in the link if you're interested that's pretty much it oh rampant can confirm that it was singing they got the reindeer to sing too apparently so okay there you go All right. Yep. I'll. Uh, I guess we can go right into our reviews here. Yeah. Very short news week. Yes. I'll be able to keep this show nice and tidy. 
I will uh, get us started then with my review of a 2018 anime that you may have heard me mention before in the previous show, mm-hmm. Ulysses Jean d'Arc and the Alchemist Knight. Yep. So uh, this, well, it pains me when an anime begins on a promising note, piquing my interest enough for me to continue it even when I had originally planned on not paying it much mind beyond the first episode only to stumble down a flight of poor development and land in a pit of disappointment. Mm. This time around, the anime in question is, of course, Ulysses' John D'Arc and the Alchemist Knight, a fall 2018 anime that tells the story of a young alchemist who was on a quest to use the Philosopher's Stone to turn the tides of the Hundred Years' War in favor of the French. Honestly, historical anime are not my forte, But this one had an interesting development in the first episode that kept me going until it was too late to turn back. (laughs) As is common for most anime, we begin at a school, where a bunch of noble children are going through the paces. One of these kids is named Momorancy, and he has a fascination with fairies and learning all about things occult. He's a strange lad, but nonetheless he attracts the attention of several female students, all of whom are clearly in love with the boy and recognize they all share these feelings for him. Sadly, war, war never changes. And even after making a promise to always stay friends forever, a skirmish near the school where the English forces leads to the closure of the school and a splitting up of the group as some families defect and others attempt to flee. Momorancy gets all sad about one of the girls seemingly being killed or abducted, So he does the only rational thing he can think of, tries to use a Philosopher's Stone to gain immortality and get revenge against the English. Apparently he's never watched Full Metal Alchemist, because instead he ends up summoning the Queen of the Fairies, Azeroth, who tells him that to correctly use the stone, he needs to drink it as an elixir. The process of making an elixir from a Philosopher's Stone is no easy task, however, and in the blink of an eye, without Mamorazzi noticing... Ten years have passed by. This is the hook I spoke of, as the boy Momoranzi has grown into an adult without even recognizing the passing of time. And we hadn't even met the one whose name is also featured in the title yet. So I dug in and met episode two with hopeful stars shining in my eyes, only become increasingly worried at the quickening pace of the plot and the strange character development. Momorancy in the second episode, meets an annoying young girl who causes him to mess up what would have been a successful attempt at creating the elixir. Having the side effect of making Momorancy ooze an incomplete version of the stuff from his mouth. Gross. Mm. However, Azeroth warns that this won't allow him to simply ingest the stone, so he'll need to try again. Or will he? Because it's the English to the rescue who attacked the village the girl lives in, killing all the fairies who befriended the girl, making sure everyone knows that they are the evil ones. They even kill the girl, who is only able to be revived when Momorazzi breaks the Philosopher's Stone in half, shoves one side into her stab wound, drools a little elixir into her mouth, shakes her up, and bada-bing bada-boom turns her into a perverted killing machine. Yep. I say perverted because she's always after him to uh, have a brazer, which is just French for a kiss. 
and likes to kill people when she turns into her killy berserker mode. So she likes to drink his spit and kill people. Great. Yep. If you couldn't have guessed it, the girl's name is Jeanne d'Arc. And Montmorency comes up with a plan to turn her into a saint to lead the French army to victory. This attracts the attention of royalty, who doubt her new title, throwing Montmorency in the castle's jail, where he meets one of the girls from his childhood, Arthur de Richmont, who's not a guy, it's a girl. Ah. Yes, this uh, anime features a lot of gender swapping of historical characters. Now, it is around this time I started losing interest faster than I could gain any as Richmond talks about her kidnapping and training by the English king who actually died, leaving her alone with a molester who ends up scaring her away back to France. She actually gets molested a few times during the course of the anime, so I guess the author must have had it really out for her. (laughs) After we deal with an asshole who likes to collect and stuff fairies, like a taxidermy, the remainder of the childhood friends show up at the castle to show that they are all different people now, and even Momorancy isn't enough to make them play nice. It's about this time we learn that the other there are other Philosopher's Stones that have been turned into weapons, which is the only way to kill someone who has ingested a stone. That foreshadowing is overshadowed, however, by the significant lack of animation. Soldiers being made in poor quality CG and background characters looking like something I drew as a five-year-old in the corner of my notebook at school. Uh. The story is more or less broke at this point, but it pushes onward as one of the childhood friends, Philip, another gender-swapped character, puts on a cursed helmet and turns into a big-breasted terror who sides with the English to fight John. However, she has daddy issues. And uh, the helmet is where the ego and spirit of her old man resides. Color me bored. The story has one last twist to throw into the works, however, as the poorly created CGI soldiers clash on the battlefield in what is supposed to be the last big battle, apparently. The Philosopher's Stone goes berserk and turns the sky into tentacles. Momorazzi is transformed into an evil creature thing that reveals it was aliens all along as we pan to outer space where ancient alien warships activate and start blasting the world. (coughs) Suddenly, I was interested again. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I know. Very strange. (laughs) Out of nowhere, it was like, aliens! And then we cut to these fucking spaceships that have dead aliens in them that turn on and start shoop-de-whooping the Earth. Okay, as you did. Yeah, well, (laughs) I wasn't interested enough, though, to forgive the anime for its transgressions. Uh Momorazzi then bites the legs off of Azeroth, which turns him into a huge winged douchebag who throws up exposition on everyone. The TLDR Uh is, aliens came to Earth to influence humanity's progress and raise them to be proper beings, and the stones are a way to turn those with the compatibility into the alien race. And now that Momorazzi has transformed into a perfected version of the alien race's old leader, he's going to get that plan a-rolling. But then suddenly, Jean steps forward and says, No! And Momorazzi is freed from the alien's control. He blocks a blast from the warships with seemingly just his hand, and then kills a hulking version of the alien leaker with Jean's help. The end. Huh. Okay. 
Yeah, that's about the pace of the anime. Hope you kept okay. up. Yeah. Yeah, that last part seemed rushed because that's exactly how it felt. The wrap-up trying to somehow allude that uh, there is more of the story to yet to be revealed. But I can't fathom how this train wreck could possibly have garnered enough attention to see a second season. The animation was garbage at points, the voice acting was moot, the plot was a mess, and the characters were unlikable. It boggles the mind at how such a low-grade material gets animated, and why they bother animating it if they aren't at least going to try and do a good job at it. Mm. Just don't watch this anime. Yeah. Now, if you are wondering about that animation, a relatively young studio by the name of AXSIZ rolled out the brown carpet for this one, clearly not ready to handle an entire animating of a 12-episode season by themselves. You see, Mm -hmm. they're actually one of those uh, side production kind of studios. They've had their hands in a handful of other titles, like Pandora in the Crimson Shell, Ghost Urn, which was co-produced with studio Gokumi, which, you know, more well-known. And uh, Miss... Uh, Kozimi's Love Ramen Noodles, which was also produced with Gokumi. In fact, hmm. all their other animes were produced with Gokumi. Right. Now, I don't mean to be mean, but if I am to be critical, then it can't be helped that I would point out that there are more faults with the animation than there are positives. Yeah. I suggest that AXSIZ maybe look at what they should do to uh, be better as a solo studio, or maybe just stick to being a co-production studio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to say about the voice acting. I have no favorite character because they're all unlikable. And I'm giving this show, Ulysses Jean d'Arc, The Alchemist Knight, a surprising burn it now. Yeah. I mean, couldn't like, see that coming. Now to me, it's not surprising. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, okay, so that's a burn it. Good way to start the year. Hopefully it can only go up from here, I suppose, in terms of positive reviews. But uh, yeah, I'm interested. I was I was surprised when I first heard it got a burn it from you. So uh, I, I was surprised when it made your top five worst anime list. So it was interesting to know why why that happened. So the production. I, I mean, typically I'm it. someone who doesn't give things burn it's, but man, this this mm. earned it. Yeah, you had to work extra hard for that. So. There you go. In a way, that's an achievement in and of itself. But yeah, okay. Shall, shall I move on to my last review for the day? Yes, please. Go right ahead. Okay, so uh, I ended last year on a bit of a better note. You know, I, I was dying, and I reviewed one of the worst anime I've covered thus far. So to start 2019 off nice and to mix things up, my plan is to run a whole month's worth-ish of uh, positive anime reviews, with a particular focus on some movies I've seen at Scotland Loves Anime over the years, just to kind of mix things up even more. Now, I say a month-ish because realistically this will end closer to March, as the new anime season around the corner is going to probably, you know, break this up a bit with some previews, so that'll help keep things fresh, I guess. So, to start, I thought about, um, I thought it would be kind of fitting to begin with, um, one of the first films to show, which was in the first ever event of Scotland Loves Anime, which was in 2010, called Professor Layton and the Eternal Diva, an anime original story based on the puzzle-slash-mystery game franchise by Level 5. So, what's a Layton? For the uninitiated, Professor Layton stars the titular character who's a private investigator, professor, 
archaeologist, but above all that, a true gentleman. The series has him and his apprentice Luke solving all sorts of mysteries, with this film being one of their earliest mysteries that they solve together as a team. One of Leighton's previous students, Janice, who has since become an opera singer, has invited him and Luke to one of her new performances, and this revolves around a legend of a lost city of Ambrosia. Of course, given the genre, there is more more to it than meets the eye. The playwright's daughter and Janice's old friend Melina has seemingly come back to life in the body of a young girl, claiming to have eternal life now. For one, uh, uh, that's one mystery though, while all the children have gone mysteriously missing in the meantime. Before they know it, Leighton and Luke are drawn into a puzzle game with the prize being Ambrosia's elixir of eternal life. Leighton and crew are on the case. After all, a true gentleman does not leave a puzzle unsolved. Right, <clears throat> so this is going to be a pretty short one on account that it's a mystery story and as much as I enjoy mystery stories, those are kind of hard to write about in depth without spoiling key twists, so I'll have to be a bit non-specific with my thoughts here. Overall, I enjoyed this uh, little animated adventure as it paces itself pretty well and doesn't keep you in the same place for too long. The characters we meet along the way are mostly pretty exaggerated caricatures, not just in personality but also in their designs, which comes across rather charming really. My personal favourite being the supermanly inspector Groske, who is just a joy to watch whenever he is on screen. And I think this is also all played in no small part by the um, above average, you know, voice actors who kind of like put their all into it. By the way, I watched this in English dub because I feel like if it's going to take place in ye old London, it's better to hear characters talk with very exaggerated like London British personalities, you know, accents I mean. So I feel that fitting, but I'm sure the Japanese dub is also pretty good anyway. Now, video games and movies have a bit of a rough relationship given that when one gets adapted to the other, too much or not enough focus is made on making it accurate instead of distilling what makes the original great, and adapting it for a completely different medium. Luckily, when it comes to anime, there's a bigger success rate than, let's say, live action versions of games, for whatever reason, but back on point, how you should uh, write stories for games is different from how you should write movies and books, so you have to play to the strengths of whatever you've got, and I think it's this manner that Eternal Diva works as a pretty good ad adaptation overall. Sure, the film can't throw you hundreds of head-scratching puzzles at you, the same way the games did, so they decide to keep them to around a handful that were fun and thought-provoking enough to follow along with while watching a short movie. Well, actually, it's not a short movie. It's actually an hour and 45 minutes. But I mean, like, you know, by comparison to the games, which is, like, hours and hours long. Uh, while remaining plot-relevant and keeping our characters moving from place to place. Another good thing about it is, although I have only beaten the first game in the series, this is a family-friendly flick that you can easily pick up whenever, whether you're new to the series or not, with Luke bringing you up to speed within the first 5 to 10 minutes of what's really going on. And of course there's also a certain, certainly a bunch of references here and there too that will no doubt keep you pleased if you are a long time fan anyway. So I think it manages to kind of keep everyone a bit happy. But most of all it manages to kind of keep that feel of being a Professor Layton sort of story because when it comes down to it, even by just playing one game, uh, Layton has a very distinct identity to it. Uh, the series carves itself with its uh, catchy music that has that kind of like music box feel for when it's thinking for that thinking time music or it has those kind of like violin piece for Leighton's main theme. It has a very classical sort of like, you know, old mystery feel to it and it's unique. Uh, the 
with its captivating character designs as well to boot. So it also looks pretty good as a film having been worked on by studio two studios, OLM, who've worked on the original Berserk adaptation way back when, and pretty much most of the Pokemon movies. It also has been worked on by PA Works, who make a lot of good looking anime such as Sirius and the Jaeger, and the recently aired Irozuku Sekai no Ashtakara. It also is directed by Hashimoto Masakazu, who has directed many great episodes such as parts of the original Full Metal Alchemist anime, but also the not so great Soul Eater Not. The less said about that, the better. On the presentation side, I have little to no complaints really, and I think it is, um, it is that care and dedication to the production here that really makes it hard to dislike this movie as a whole. I mean, it's not going to really change the world or anything, it's not going to change your life, it's not super deep, and like I said, there are twists in the story, but it's not like a holy shit, you know, you can't really build that up in a movie. It's It's got enough twists for like a short contained movie, but not enough for like a full series or a full mystery game. But you know, what it is is basically bite-sized latent in a movie form, which I think is not really that bad. I mean like, a lot of the times, a lot of the top anime out there tends to be like really deep serious stuff with high octane animation in there and stuff and really adult stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, there's also anime that can be family friendly and captivating and just, just overall kind of charming. And I think this fits the bill pretty well. I mean, it's kind of got it all. It's got some mystery, you've got some action, uh, you've got some comedy. But it also has a bit of heart as well. It's got a bit of a heartfelt story in the background. So I think it does manage to tick all the boxes. I mean, there's there's a mat, there's a part in the film where two guys are fighting, like having a fencing match on top of a giant mecha towards the end. So it even manages to kind of fit the action quota anyway. So with all that in mind, uh, I'm going to give this one a crackers going forward. It's, uh, it's, a, it's above average, I'd say, for a movie. Um, like I said... It's it's family friendly. You can watch it with the kids. There's nothing in there that's too too dark. And I, you know, I don't need to. I'm I'm not above watching something that's below like my age range, typically. So yeah, I I think it's it's generally a pretty solid anime film. So uh, and maybe a good introduction. Perhaps after watching this, you might want to pick up the games, which again are a little bit more complex, a bit more darker, and also have a lot harder puzzles to them. So maybe it's a good introduction for some as well. I'm I'm certainly going to pick up the series after refreshing myself watching this eight-year-old movie so yeah there we go that was professor layton and the eternal diva interesting interesting yeah i was actually expecting a bit of a higher score given the uh hmm? i think you seemed like a person who would enjoy the layton series very much oh, yeah. so. or perhaps you're more you're such a fan of it that you're more critical of uh, layton material it would go both ways, typically, if I'm a fan of something, but like I said, I've only really played one game. I did really like it, I just never got around to buying any more and playing more, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I did really like it, but it's like a... It, it's just on the cusp of being a download now. It's not quite deep in... Like, it's not quite got enough meat in there for me to give it like a download now, but... Mm-hmm. It is pretty solid, though. So, Crackers, I think, is still high. I mean, I usually give everything on Netflix, right? So when I said I was going to review good movies for about a month, I, I meant like above a Netflix, at least. It's not going to be all download now. All right. All right. I think that uh, does it for our reviews here. We should probably uh, thank some people. Oh, shit. Is it my turn this week? No, I've, we're oh, going to take taking turns with it, but... Uh... All right, okay, cool. 
Let's see if I can find it here. Hold on. <laughs> I, I I should keep an email tab open every time. I I should write a reminder for myself for this because I I keep forgetting. But it's good because like the one week I forget, then you remind me. Then the one week you forget, I remind you. So. I hear this. Uh, so yes, I'd like to thank uh, Tag, Alkazero, Phantom, Shuji, and V for Vendetta. That's, that's yes. going to be a running joke. For, uh, for helping keep the lights on and keeping the uh, bills paid over there at the server room. And uh, allowing us to get these... Uh, Get these shows out there for everyone. Uh, let's see. Oh, and do we have a uh, do we have a result on that poll? Because we had uh, we didn't mention this at all during the show, but we had a poll going: waffles or pancakes? Oh no, I thought I did mention it. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll let that ba- I'll let that bake for another week. So far, it's just um, there's one extra vote in favor of pancakes over waffles right now. So I think uh, there was, so that's going to have... take there was two votes for pancakes and one for waffles. Yes. yes. If you do it's want to, uh, so yeah, please help. Got to make a comeback this. for waffles. Yes, indeed. I'm I'm all for the underdogs, but uh, I have to be true to my heart and say the pancakes is better. It's good. Have your say. All right. Well, uh, then that does it for another episode of Anime Pulse. Thank everyone for listening, tuning in, and. Uh, you know, recording if you're out there and you're also listening to the show. Yep. But not live. So, uh, yes, until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime list strong. <laughs>